0: We're going to keep talking about the amazing transformation that God has a store for you. I think the church has gotten so focused on the fivefold ministry over the years that we've lost the idea that every believer can walk with God. Every believer could know God, enjoy His love, enjoy all of His presence. It's not just in a church service, but it's for you because Jesus is your Savior. So in this series of transformation, we're really discussing a lot about What happens to us once we're born again, and how can we walk into the things of God? I give the example sometimes of two men coming to church. One's a a businessman, and he's got a good wife and a good family and a good house and a good car, a good job. He's healthy. He's got all of his hair. And and then also at the same time, another man comes, and he's, he's a homeless man. He's a drunk, but both of them are not born again. And then in my great preaching, they both get born again. One comes up and accepts Jesus, and he's got his life together. He's got his car paid for, his house is paid for, his family's in order. He's healthy. The other guy is a disaster. He's a mess. He has nothing to offer, no discipline. His own family won't talk to him anymore. But both of them, now that they're born again, start at the same place. They both have the opportunity to grow into God equally if they desire to. The one who's desperate, sometimes I'll say, I thank God that I was desperate and dysfunctional because I knew when I was young I needed help. I needed God. How unfortunate that many believers today, because they are capable in their own natural ability, they're smart, they're strong, they're healthy, that they don't see that they really need to transform into who God wants them to be. And most of the church tradition is clean up your life. Stop drinking, stop smoking, change who you hang out with, focus your love on serving God, focus some of your money on serving God. But to me, I'm telling you in this series that that's incomplete. That God doesn't want us to be cleaned up humans. He doesn't want us to be better humans. He wants us to be children of God. He wants you to walk around this earth like a child of God, like Jesus did when he was on the earth. And so, in the transformation, what that means is that you have an opportunity. Doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter what you know or don't know, doesn't matter how messed up you were. No one started closer to God than you did the moment you were born again, because you received the nature of God. You may have things that you have to overcome, but all of us do. The truth is that you can overcome them. You don't have to stay the same. You don't have to stay in the same cycle over and over. You don't just take a life and then focus it on church and on going to church. We're supposed to take our life and offer it at the altar to God and say, my life is not my own. My life belongs to you. So we're going to start over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I pray that the imagery that the Holy Spirit has shown me can get inside of you and understand the Word of God is the truth. So, any vision any dream it can be teachable and it can help you to learn but it must line up with the word of god or it's just it's just an opinion so we're going to start in verse 18 of chapter 3 second corinthians but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we all, all of us, Gentiles, Jews, anyone who's born again, the message is here that we are now on a pathway of transforming into the image which is inside of us. So whenever you see the word image, that is talking about your new nature. The new nature is like a seed, and inside of every seed is a perfect image of what, can come forward if you let it grow up and mature. If you don't let it mature, it stays within the seed. If you never plant a seed, it's always a seed. It has to grow and be nurtured so it matures. And so here what it's saying is we are being transformed. So no matter where you started, maybe you were the drunk side of the spectrum when you found Christ, or maybe you were on the, the healthy doctor side on the spectrum and you still realize you wanted to go to heaven. No matter where you started, you still have to transform. You can't take what you have and add it to God. That's a very strong statement. God doesn't want us to take what we have and add it to Him. He wants us to give all of it to Him and let Him transform us into who He wants us to be. Too many believers are doing well, they're going to go to heaven, but they're living their life, they're giving their time, they're giving their money, they're giving their heart, but they're not focusing on transformation and that means that they spend their life living in the same place in many churches today we can take the man who just got saved you know sir i'm glad you got born again in my service praise god you know you have in your life already many things that we christians are believing for you have prosperity you have health you have a healthy family you're not in debt will you please take the microphone from me and and turn around and tell the people how we can walk in what you have. But I understand that everything he accomplished as a, a good man came from the world of darkness, from the human race. You are now a child of light, so now you must build from that light. You never tasted life, you never breathed in life or light until the moment you're born again. So now that you're born again, because you're a child of light, you can grow from that light. So God doesn't want us to take what we have from the outward man and put a nice cross on it and say it's for Jesus. He wants us to transform into the image of Christ in us. So right now, if you're born again, you have a nature inside of you. The nature is like a seed. It's the smallest part of you. It's a little part of you that God quickened from darkness to light. And now you are alive and born again. So now you have the nature in you which has the image of Christ Jesus Christ in his fullness. It has Jesus in his holiness, Jesus in his love, his peace, his goodness, his kindness, his long-suffering, his gentleness. That image is already inside of you, but it's in seed form. And so that's why it says we must transform into that image. The focus here is that you take the image that's in you and you let it grow up and mature inside of you so that it overtakes your life. Now we're going to keep going here. Let's, we're going to come back to 2 Corinthians, but come with me to Colossians. We'll start this time in chapter 3 and verse 10 is talking about the same process here. Chapter 3, verse 10, Colossians. And have put on, I'll start in verse 9. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. So when you see the new man, that's not talking about your new nature. That's talking about your inward body. So it says that we are to put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So our new man is renewed in knowledge. So the renewing of our mind, the renewing of knowledge, it doesn't take place in our natural thinking. It may look like that from a distance because you change the way you think. But the Bible's not talk, asking us to change the way you think. The world system has many ways for you to change how you think, to change your habits. This process is so much more a miracle than you just changing and choosing to think differently. It's an incredible miracle that can happen to you if you focus on transformation. It says here, and have put on the new man. The new man is the inner man, the inner body. Which is renewed? So where is the renewing process done? Scripturally, in the new man. So what that means is, in the picture, is this. Every person born by the design of Adam. When God designed Adam, He designed Adam to live in both worlds at the same time. He had a spiritual body that connected him to the spiritual realm, and a natural body that connected him to the natural realm. He had a nature of light. When Adam sinned, he... Changed the nature of light to a nature of darkness. And now all of him, the inner man and the outer man, they're all joined together, is completely dark. Well, the opposite happened to you. When you got born again, you went from a, a child of darkness with a nature of darkness to a child of light with a nature of light. What did that nature do to you? Well, the nature did one thing it is your pathway to heaven. And in the end, god will make sure that every part of you is replaced with a part of light so you are a new creature completely full of god and nothing but light you won't have battles of sin or struggles or or aging or sickness because the new man when we're completely done will be completely light but he couldn't do that with you right now he had to leave you in this outward body but what did happen was your inner body came alive from darkness to life, from death to life, because the new nature brought it to life. And it's that new man that we are to renew in knowledge. Why do I rebuild? That word renew means to rebuild and and renovate. So why am I renovating my inner man? Well, because the inner man was dark. It was a spiritual body that has a, a spiritual brain that was dark, because your nature was dark. When the nature came to life, it, it quickened your inner man the same way. Now, you have the same inner body, but now it's alive and light, and it's been born again, you might say. But all the knowledge that it used to have, which was based on darkness, because your nature was dark, is now light. And that's why the scripture says, you know, as newborn babes, Peter says, pursue the word of God, like milk for a newborn babe. Paul calls them children all through scripture, you see, The imagery that when you're born again, you're like a child, like a baby, like an infant. And what that means is your inner man has the knowledge of an infant. It's been born again. It is lacking in the truth. Even though you have the image of Christ in you, you have to take the knowledge of God and bring that image forward, the fruit of the Spirit forward into your life. And I'm going somewhere today. You'll like when I'm done. You'll like what I'm trying to teach you. Verse 10, chapter 3 of Colossians and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. What that means is I am to, as a newborn babe, just born again, the only place that I can get knowledge for my inner man to renew it is from God. I can't find it in self-help books. I can't find it in motivational speaking. I can't find it anywhere in this world. Now, if a preacher goes to God and brings a truth from God and preaches it, yes, that feeds your inner man, because the truth originated from God. That knowledge originated from God. You know, there's songs that originate from God. There's poetry that originates from God. And there's poetry and songs and wisdom that originates from this world. The songs and the poetry and the, the knowledge from this world feeds the outward man. The inner man goes, oh, maybe you've been there where you you've been prayed up enough that... You go to a service and you look around, everyone's shouting and excited and running around and and you just can't, it doesn't click. It's, there's, it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Well, nothing's wrong with you. Is that you're learning that feeding the inner man is more important than feeding the outward man. And your in, inward man is not excited by natural emotions and natural excitement. It's not motivated the same way. And so when it says here we're to put on the new man, That really means that I take the knowledge of God, and I bring that image forth, and it grows up, the truth, the love, the joy, the peace grows up inside my inner man. And then I take the inner man, and I pull it over top of my outward man. In essence, that's the transformation, that I I no longer see, think, or feel out of the outward man. I see, think, and feel out of my inner man, which has been renewed in the knowledge of the image of Christ in me. So here we go. Let's go now. I want you to see this. We're going to go over to John. John chapter 14. It's one verse here that I've been just can't let go for months and months. John chapter 14. Jesus talking to his disciples. We'll start in verse 15. John 14 verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now at this time, the disciples are not born again. They're Old Testament saints who are washed by the word of God, but they're not born again. So if they chose not to get saved, even after all this time, they would still not go to heaven. And so that's the commandment that Jesus is telling them to follow. Follow me into salvation. Just all the good works you've done are not good enough to get you to the Father. You're going to have to be born again like everyone else. And I pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. It's a shame. It's a shame that the church has really put the Holy Ghost in the box of of trinkets, if I can be that that mean, into go to a service and let the anointing show up, let the glory show up, let the gift show up. And we, we begin to look to the Holy Ghost as the, the miracle worker in our life by the glory, the anointing, open heavens and experiences. And really here is is such a more intimate definition of the helper. Much more intimate than the performer of miracles. And I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And he calls him the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So very important here, the world cannot receive the spirit of truth because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. So He tells the disciples, you know Him. You've experienced Him. But you're not born again yet, which means the next line, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So can you see that it's possible for a Christian to be born again, but not grow up and mature in the things of God, to spend their life serving God, doing good works in the name of God, And never experienced the Holy Ghost as a helper to dwell in them, to work inside of them. See, why could he not dwell in them before this moment? See, the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. He's God. He's been God forever. He's God. He's the same class, you might say. He's equally God as the Father and the Son, Jesus. He's his own person. The Holy Spirit's been around for eternity, forever. He doesn't change. So what changed here that the Holy Spirit can now go dwell in them instead of being outside of them? Instead of them knowing the Holy Spirit on the outside, experiencing His presence, His glory, His miracles, there's a better work that He wants to do in them, but it had to wait till they were born again. Because when they were born again, something amazing happened to them, and the same thing happened to you. And that is that your inner man, Once you are born again, the new nature brought to life your inner man. That means that now you're not of this world. You have a part of you that is not of this world. That's your inner man. You have an ability now to understand the very truths of God. Now, listen to me. You, not talking to anyone else, but you, you have the ability, once you're born again, to understand the truth of God. Before you were born again, you could not understand or comprehend the truth of God. But now that you're born again, you you can understand the things of God. Think about that. God himself. God himself can say and whisper to you a truth that originated from him. And you can understand it. God himself can originate a financial idea that will shake the world. And he can whisper it to you and you will comprehend it. God himself can write a song and whisper it to you, and you can sing it, a song of praising him that he wrote for himself. There's one church, it's a very popular church, and they hired a guy to write songs for their worship. And this guy, professionally, that they hired, wrote songs for commercials, jingles for commercials. And he started to write worship songs for the church. The church people loved it, but If you listen to the songs, they're catchy, they're fun, but they're doctrinally not correct. Well, God didn't write those songs. Man wrote those songs trying to give it to God. God wants us to find songs from him and to sing those songs to him. Anyways, I'm going off topic here. So here it tells us the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. The disciples knew him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus is telling them that there'll be a time coming where the Holy Spirit will dwell inside of them. And that's going to change everything. Because now that they're born again, the Holy Spirit can come from outside to inside and begin to teach to their inner man the true wisdom of God. Your outer outward man. See, you still have an outer man of this world. The man who passes away and the, the wife is, they're Christians. And elderly people, and, and the, the doctor calls the wife and says, I have some bad news for you. She says, well, what's worse than my husband died? He says, well, I know you're believers, and I am too, and I know you believe he's in heaven. But the problem is I just did the autopsy, and he left his brain here. I got his brain right here. He didn't take it with him, and I'm just embarrassed to tell you he's running around heaven. And he's the the one guy in heaven, I guess, who doesn't have a brain can't think he's just standing there right now going uh uh because he he left his brain here and I don't know how he's going to worship God how are you going to I don't know how he's going to lift his hands up in heaven cuz his hands are here too see you have a natural brain and this is where the church is stuck in my opinion the church has been stuck for generations learning to serve God with the holy spirit on the outside Learning to serve God through their outward man. We have songs that appeal to our outward man. We have preaching that appeals to encouraging the outward man. And the whole message of transformation is you also have an inward man. And that's who God wants to grow up. He doesn't want to just clean up your outward man. He wants to mortify the outward man. Still in chapter 14. And I'm going to read verse 25. Jesus talking to his disciples who are not born again yet. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I've said to you. So that tells me that even the words that Jesus shared with the disciples, they could not comprehend it because they were only able to listen from their natural man they were only natural they were not born again yet and so the holy spirit once they're born again his job was to reteach the message of jesus to the disciples because now they can comprehend what jesus really meant with their spiritual man alive so your inner man now uh, we've been through this in this series and, and if you if this is your first message on this series, please go back to the beginning and listen to the whole thing. Your inner man came to life alive from darkness to light. You have an inner body with hands and feet and an inner brain and inner emotions. That's why when we're in heaven, we're not just blank. We have a brain that we're allowed to think and know things about God for eternity in heaven. Everyone who's in heaven, they're not just little ghosts flying around or they are an actual person. You can see their hands, they can shake your hand, they can hug you, they can kiss you and and greet you, they can talk to you, they remember you. There's no evil, there's no sickness, disease, there's no sadness or sorrow because the source of those things, the source of those emotions are left here in the natural body. So you have an inner man that's born again but it's like a child in its understanding. If someone, say, a 60-year-old man passes away, let's say they get born again the day before they pass away and now their inner man is born again the new nature brought it to life so when they go to heaven their bodies here they're not a little baby crawling around so it's not saying that as newborn babes he's not saying that you your inward body is now in the shape of a newborn baby it's saying the knowledge that your inward man has about god about you about life is like a newborn baby it's It's been wiped clean, washed, and wiped out by being brought to life by the new nature. And now we must transform into the image of Christ in us and bring forth the fruit, bring forth the knowledge with the help of the Holy Spirit. One more verse here in John, verse 25, uh, John 16, verse 25. Jesus challenges his disciples again. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I'll no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I'll tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you'll ask in my name, and I do not say that I'll pray the Father for you. So in that day is the day that you got born again. That's what Jesus is telling the disciples, that I've had to speak to you in figurative language, you not be able to comprehend the depth and the meaning of everything I do and say, because we're not the same species. I, Jesus, am a son of God, a child of God, with the nature of God. You are of Adam, of the nature of darkness. And until you become like me in nature, and your inner man becomes alive, you are going to even, you'll never understand what I'm trying to say to you. But in that day that you're born again, I'll speak plainly to you, face to face, word for word, and you will comprehend it, because now that you're born again, you are able to comprehend the things of God. Just pause with me and think about that for a moment. That means that you and I, as children of God, doesn't matter our our Bible knowledge, our Bible training, doesn't matter our education, doesn't matter our, our natural brain power, doesn't matter our past, the two guys that got saved, the the doctor and the, the homeless guy. They both were born again. Their inner man came to life. They both have to mortify their outward man. The, the doctor has to mortify his outer man as much as the, the homeless guy does. But their inner man is alive now. Both of them can learn truths that originated in the mind of God himself. They can learn truth about who they are, learn truth about God, learn truth about faith that originated in God's mind himself. So God is now able to take from his mind and put a truth into your mind. God can take a truth from his mind and place that into your spiritual mind. And you can grab it. This is how we take and put on the new man as we educate our inner man with the truth from God because that's all it wants is the truth. That's all it lives for and and feeds on is the truth of God. We can take that truth and God will put it over to us. That's why, where's praying in tongues in the church world today? Where is, I mean, sitting down with the helper, the teacher, the teacher of truth where he will teach you spiritual truths about you, about life, about your future, about your calling. Spiritual wisdom that only can be comprehended by spiritual a mind that's alive. I'm back over in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 again. See, if we don't pursue spiritual things, when I say spiritual, I'm not meaning moves of the Spirit. I'm not meaning the, the glory cloud coming. Those are the Holy Spirit on the outside. And unfortunately, many people have limited the Holy Ghost from ministering to them to only receiving Him on the outside touching them instead of allowing him to work inside of them by spending time with him praying in the holy ghost spending time in worship spending time in the word of god your inner man could understand the truth of the word of god you have a teacher who wants to spend time with you how much time as much time as you want teaching you the truth wisdom from another world from the universe creator himself to be placed in you, you can hold that wisdom. And that wisdom will grow in you and become how you think, and eventually you look over at your outward thoughts, the thoughts about serving God from your outward man, and you'll say, wait a minute, that's not true. This is where it is. Well, that's a revelation, we call it a revelation. That I learned something from God, about God, I have a revelation. But a true revelation means that your inner man first captured the truth by the Holy Spirit teaching it. And then you took that truth from your inner man and you looked over at your outward thought about the subject and you mortified it and you killed it. You said, that's not true. I don't accept you anymore. We call it a revelation, but it's much more powerful than that. It is a mortification. You mortify the way you're, you think by putting on the new man. That's why transformation is so important to understand because he's not asking you to change the way you think. God's not asking you to change the way you think. Much of the church world teaches you, now you must change the way you think. God wants us to transform the way we think. Let's look here. Verse 18, chapter 3, 2 Corinthians. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. So that image inside your new nature, you're being transformed to it. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When you hear people say, well just from glory to glory. Well what he means is we grow up, we go from glory to glory. This is the maturing process. Therefore, verse one, since we have this ministry whew, That's the ministry that every believer has. Your ministry, it's good to feed the poor. I think that's good. I think it's good that we do those things. I think it's healthy for us to witness and share the gospel and and to serve. I think all those things are healthy, but it's not our ministry. Those are good things to do. The ministry here is to transform into that image. That is the ministry that God has for each of us, to transform into the image of Christ in us. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we do not lose heart. And if you've tried to spend time seeking God and praying and worship, you find that sometimes you lose heart because your outward man begins to fight you and begins to punish you into the emotions of defeat and discouragement because it doesn't like it. Your outward man does not benefit when you spend time with God. Your outward mind, your outward thoughts, your outward man does not like when you spend time with your inner man, with God. It is left out of the picture. It does not understand, and it wants it wants to tell you how to serve God. So it will fight you. But we've renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commanding ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are, perishing, so I'm not born again, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So the minds of the people of this world is blinded, because the mind is not born again. The natural man cannot understand the things of God. He couldn't before you're born again, and your natural man that you have cannot understand the things of God now. But your inner man is alive and it can comprehend and understand the truth about god whose mind the godless age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the image of god should shine on them verse five powerful verse for we do not preach ourselves but christ jesus the lord in ourselves your bond servants for jesus sake paul saying here the message that i preach Is not from Paul's wisdom it's from the mind of God in other words I Paul I went to God I got a truth and that's what I'm preaching to you I Paul went to God I got his love and that's what I'm giving to you I'm not giving you the love of Alan I'm not to give you the compassion of Alan the care of Alan uh, the wisdom of Alan I am to go to God as a minister as a preacher, as a representative of God, that is my job. It says here that, that we're your bond servants. That's like if you went to a, a real fancy meal. You saved up your money. You decide to go out and, and all out for an anniversary or a birthday and go out to the fanciest restaurant you could find. And it's going to cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go. You go in, you get you even get dressed up. And they have cloth over the tables. And they, they got the little waiters that go with little brooms on the table and sweep up your crumbs. And you're about to spend a lot of money because there's a famous chef that is in charge of the kitchen of the restaurant. World renown. And you're going to to go there. Me and my wife, on one of our first year anniversary, got to go to a restaurant of a famous TV chef. We were traveling through, so we stopped and went to go to this famous restaurant. I'll never forget because I was just young and I I was not used to famous fancy restaurants. Someone gave us a gift certificate for our anniversary and we had the money and we had the gift certificate. So we sat down and I ordered a a Coke to drink with my meal and it came in a little glass and I drank it down. They kept asking me, "Would you like some more? Another? Would you like another Coke?" Well, yeah, just keep filling it up. And I kept drinking these Cokes because the restaurants that I go to regularly, it's free refill. You give them the Coke, they fill it back up. It's for free. You drink as much Coke or tea or whatever as much as you want. And so I drank and ate, and it was the most delicious meal. And the dessert, I never forget. I had it was a banana cream pie, and I've never had anything like it. it was so amazingly delicious, and when we got the bill, I found out that the Cokes were not free refill, that it was like four dollars per little glass of Coke, it was embarrassing, like man, I gotta pay all this money for the Cokes that I drank, so you go to that fancy restaurant, and you're going to eat the food that the chef has advertised, and you're all excited, and the waiter comes out, and the waiter is looking nice, he's dressed nice, he's got a little white thing over his arm and he says hello mr. and mrs. or sir ma'am i'm here to to deliver your food for you and but i took it on myself you know i've been practicing cooking and i know people and i took it on myself instead of you getting the food that the chef prepared i your waiter have decided that i'm going to give you my creation and it's I, i mean i learned i watched youtube videos i learned how to cook so I'm going to give you my version of what you ordered, because I, I'm your waiter. I wanted to. I want you to eat from my plate. Well, you'd be uh, disappointed, and you would fire that waiter. But that's what many ministers do—not just ministers. Many tr- Christians are delivering their concoction, their idea of love, their idea of wisdom, to their neighbors, to their family, to the world. And we're only to be bondsmen. We're to be the servers to say. Jesus and God, they made this meal. They made this message. They made this music. They made this for you. And I'm just to deliver it to you. And so we tip the waiter, but we don't applaud the waiter for making the meal. That's the way we're supposed to see ministers and people is you're only the bond servant. You didn't come up with, if you're delivering a message from God, You're not special. You're the servant. And that's what we're to be to the world. Servants of God's love. Servants of God's peace. Servers of God's joy. Of God's power. Of God's wisdom. Not our own wisdom. Not our own motivation. I'm getting off topic again. I do that sometimes. Verse 6. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. So the universe... Was dark and God spoke, and light came out of nothing, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. So, this is when you were born again. He lit up our hearts with a new nature to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the knowledge that we're bringing into our inner man. Now, look here in verse 7. I'm going to just give you two more verses. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. See, verse 7 is the same as verse 5, that we're your bondservants, that we don't preach ourselves. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. Whenever you preach, share the gospel, talk about Jesus, live your life, God wants us to present his power, His love to the world, His peace, His knowledge, not our own, not from the natural mind, but the inner mind, because the inner mind can now understand the things of God. And that's why this verse is so important, because it says here we have this treasure. The word treasure, the accurate way to define it is like a, a treasure chest, a holder of precious things, a, a bank vault. So it's not like a gem. Is talking about your inner man. It's not talking about your new nature here. It's talking about your inner man. Now that you're born again, the inner man is a treasure chest that now can hold the very treasures of God. Before you were saved, it couldn't because it was dark. But now that you're born again, the inner man, the mind of your spirit, can understand the very treasures and things of God. But because you're born again, You're just born again. That treasure chest is empty. It's empty on love. It's empty on wisdom. It's empty on knowledge. You have the capacity because you have the image of Christ in your new nature. But that knowledge has to come forward from your inner man. The image of Christ has to come forward into your inner man. And then from there, you're able to enforce it on your outward man. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our hour man is perishing. Now see, we do not lose heart. What did it say in chapter four, verse one? Therefore we have this ministry as we receive mercy. We do not lose heart. Here it is again. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though the hour man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed. The inner man is being renewed day by day. Now listen, when we say do not lose heart, many people think, well, the world is tough. We have politics. We have pandemics, the world is tough, it's hard, the devil is mean, the devil's hard, don't lose heart, be encouraged. Here it's saying the where you're losing heart is in the battle of transformation, in the ministry of you transforming into the image of Christ in you. That's where you get discouraged when your outward man fights you. It's very hard, it's very intimate when your outward man figures out that you're spending time with God, it doesn't help, it's not helping the outward man's cause, that you're building an inward man, a new man, from the very spiritual truths of God, and that new man is going to overpower the outward man, and mortify it. One day, in the end, we'll be standing before God, in the new universe, the new heaven, and we will have no fight, no argument about anything godly. You'll you'll say, "I'm going to fast for four days," and you're you won't hear anyone go, "Oh no, 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 we can't do that, we'll die." You won't have an argument because the The part that's arguing with you is your outward man. But your inner man wants to grow up in the things of God. But if you don't spend time with God, listen, if you and I don't spend time not just serving God, but if we don't spend time praying in tongues, worshiping God, meditating the word of God, our inner man stays like a baby. It does not grow. It's a child. It doesn't mature because where do we get the parts to mature to? We go to God, and God brings forth the new nature, the image of Christ in us, and it grows up in us. The thoughts, the wisdom of God, we can only get it from God. Here, final verse, Colossians chapter 2. It's amazing to me how all of Paul's teaching just fits with each other. Colossians chapter 2. Hold your finger there. I'm going to read to you really quick you don't have to turn i'll just read it to you first peter chapter 2 laying aside all malice all deceit hypocrisy envy and all evil speaking verse 2 chapter 2 as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby see that this is the idea that you started as a in knowledge of god spiritual knowledge like a baby doesn't matter how educated you were even if you went to Bible college before you're born again and learned the Greek and the Hebrew, it's impossible for you to understand God if you're not born again. But now that you're born again, you can stop being a baby in knowledge, a baby in wisdom, a baby in love, and you can grow up. Colossians chapter 2. First one, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laosidia, and as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attending to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That word treasure is the same thing. It is a treasure chest, a holder of treasure, a holder of knowledge. So the imagery is this. I, Alan, was a good kid overall, but wasn't born again. The day I accepted Jesus, the new nature came to life in me. Light shone out of darkness, and my inner man was lit up by the new nature. So now I have an inner man, an inner body. I have an inner brain and inner emotions, inner desires that are alive and lit up by the new nature. So now it's pure, it's light, but it's empty because it's like a baby, an infant, it's newborn. It's empty in knowledge. I can't transfer what I knew before I was saved over to it because the natural man cannot teach the spiritual man. And the only place I can get the truths about who I am, about my calling, about overcoming, about My future about the love of God is from God himself. It must originate from God. I can't get it. Preacher, lay hands on me and and make me smart in God. I, I didn't get born again and could quote Isaiah to you. That knowledge wasn't in me. I had to go find it from God, from the Holy Spirit, from worshiping God. God is a treasure chest. Full of truth and love and joy and wisdom. He's full of these gems, these beautiful blocks of gold, of truths, of true doctrine. And I'm a treasure chest. Now I have a treasure chest that can handle it because I'm born again. My inner man can now hold this knowledge from God. It didn't happen automatically. That's why we know people who are born again for 30 years and they still don't know God. It, it doesn't just happen. So now I, I can go to God and pray in tongues for an hour. In one hour praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit's taking truths from the mind of the Father and bringing that gem and putting it into my treasure chest. That is me building up, maturing, growing in the knowledge of God. And that knowledge, as it builds up, eventually I will know things. By the inner man that are, that tells me my outward man is wrong. The way I thought about myself, the way I thought about God, it's I don't I don't accept it anymore. Well, where did that see? That wasn't just me changing the way I think. And I'm going to close with this. Much of serving God, I learned early on how to change the way I think. You need to believe God. You need to hold on to the Word of God. You need to change how you think, how you live, how you love. But what I'm learning in this message of transformation is that God's not asking us to change how we think. He's asking us to change where we think from. That instead of thinking from the natural man, he wants us to think from our inner man. But before we can think from our inner man, we must fill the inner man with the knowledge of God. And then I will mortify the thought of the outward man. From a distance, it looks like I changed. I, I don't think the way I did. I changed it. But that's not, that belittles the actual miracle that happened in you. When you start praying tongues and things started to change in the way you think about life and God and yourself, you could say, yeah, changing. But no, that's not the same. You didn't change clothes. You're transforming. You actually got hold of a truth from God himself. Your inner man took that truth, that treasure, and it kept it. He'll never lose it. And it's a beautiful truth. About you, about God, about serving Him, about your future, about the way you see yourself, about the way you believe, and you mortify a untruth from the natural man. That's a miracle. Do you understand that? That's a miracle that just happened. It wasn't that you changed. Oh, I used to think this way. Now I think this way. No, people in the world can change the way I used to like. I never liked onions. Now I like onions. Like what changed? You know, I'm talking about you are being transformed. There's a miracle. A miracle is happening inside of you every time you spend an hour praying in tongues. Every time you spend an hour just worshiping God. The outer man doesn't understand it. The outer man's unfruitful. He doesn't like it. But the inner man is growing and maturing. It's a miracle. He's not asking us to change the way we think, He's asking us to change where we think from. That we start to think from our inner man instead of our outer man. We start to cause the inner man to grow up in the knowledge of God because now you can you are born again that treasure chest inside of your inner man inside of your outward man is an inner man the inner man now is alive by the nature of Christ and now that inner man is like a treasure chest waiting to be filled with treasures of God's love of God's joy of God's peace of God's truth it's waiting and what a shame that we have a whole culture of Christianity, ignoring this beautiful, powerful, amazing truth, spending time maybe praying tongues a little bit, but spending time just trying to win the world with their love, with their joy. And they're like waiters who are, I know you came here to meet Jesus, but, you know, uh, I'm going to give you my own version of love. I'm going to give you my own version of truth. I know you came here to experience Jesus, but let me motivate you with my great uh, personality. When really, us preachers should only be looked at as the waiter who served the truth, who served the love, who served the miracles to you, to whoever. And that's what God's asking of you and me, that we, if we're going to represent Jesus, we got to go get him and transform into him, into his love, before we can really give the love to the world. It's an amazing future you have. You have so much potential in God. No wonder why God believes in you so much because he's really believing in himself in you he believes that you can do this I want to encourage you as I close I want to pray that God's strength and grace will be on you and for me to be able to spend that time and focus our life on transformation you can't choose to transform you can't say I'm choosing to walk in the love of God you have to go get the love of God and let yourself transform to it it's not a choice when you have it in you You become it. Father, we don't want to just be servants to the world of our love, of our joy. We want to transform into your love, to your joy, to your peace, to your wisdom, to your knowledge. We want to transform into that. Help us to go into that place of prayer and worship and meditate and confessing the word God. Help us to develop those disciplines and practices so that we won't stay the same, we won't just change, but we'll transform into the child of God that you plan for us to be, that through us, our family, our friends, our neighbors, the world will taste, actually taste your love, your wisdom, your peace. Father, help us to be true servants, true bond servants of yours and of the world. We love you and I thank you right now that no matter what my friend is going through, no matter what battles and struggles, that we are not weary, we are encouraged because we know the potential of us spending time with you. The devil is afraid because he can't stop it. He can't stop God. And he can't stop God in us. So Father, place your strength and your grace on my friend. Touch them now with your mercy, your grace, and your strength. Day by day, stronger and stronger. We're renewing the inner man, to the knowledge of God, and nothing can stop us. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you for spending time with me. It's a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate you. God bless you.